Welcome to NBA Storytime. I'm Jamel Johnson. I was just about to listen to a story about the best deal in the history of deals. A swindle so sweet that dividends don't never ends. I'm of course talking about the Silna siblings in the spirits of St. Louis in the ABA. Now, put the fucking mic on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In business, there is a term, fuck you money. Basically, having fuck you money means that you're rich enough to not be beholden to any business and can tell any employer, fuck you, and live off the cash you have. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out. If you haven't heard that clip, it's actual audio of James Harden leaving the Rockets. Needless to say, it's a good place to be. Now, if you're a franchise owner, even in the upstart ABA in the 1970s, you're probably doing pretty well already. That was the case of the Silna brothers, Ozzie and Daniel, when they bought their basketball team. See, the Silnas made their money in textiles, specifically polyester. Did I mention it was the 70s? They were the polyester guys in the 70s. Tweeds, cords, players would take on polyester. It was magic. Despite their empire of Dacron, the Silnas couldn't buy what they really wanted, an NBA team. They had tried to purchase the Detroit Pistons, but were rebuffed. So they did the next best thing and picked up the Carolina Cougars of the ABA. The Silnas rightly believed that the ABA and NBA would soon merge and thought to sneak into the top tier that way. To make sure they had the best shot at being called up, they moved the Cougars to the largest city without a pro basketball team, St. Louis, hoping to pack the house as synthetically as their fibers. It didn't work, and attendance at the cavernous St. Louis arena often hovered between 800 and 1,000 people. That is a whoopsies. Also, the team name couldn't travel with them. I mean, first of all, you lose the alliterative C's in Carolina Cougars, but also Cougars in St. Louis is just like a way different thing. No, the Silna Bros would rechristen their team in order to avoid the Utah Jazz problem. Cougars wouldn't fly in St. Louis, but you know what would? The dramatic triumph of mind, body, and spirit against all odds of Charles Lindbergh and the spirit of St. Louis. Yes, the spirit of St. Louis. The plane that Charles Lindbergh used to make the first nonstop transatlantic flight. We're going to skip right over the fact that Lindbergh was a racist and Nazi sympathizer and choose to see him as the Jimmy Stewart version from the 1957 film about his life instead, just like the Silnas did. Well, she's really a very fine little machine, sir. She flies like a dream and never let me die. Oh, it's like, it's like naming a basketball team after Harvey Weinstein. Oh, Jimmy, truly the everyman. And thus, the spirits of St. Louis were born. Aside from their strange name, the spirits are now known for two things. 
One, they pick then 20-year-old future NBA Hall of Famer Moses Malone off the roster of the collapsing Utah Stars, which I did think was a WNBA team. They also had Marvin Bad News Barnes, who was the Spirits' leading scorer and all-star and resident person who had no idea how time zones worked. But he didn't flourish in the NBA like Malone did, although he was way better than Moses at doing cocaine. Pick any Moses in history, all of the Moseses. Moses Malone comes into the spirit lineup. He replaces Marvin Barnes as the inbound goes to Jim McDaniels. Malone wasn't the chairman of the boards yet, but he did nearly average a double-double with 14 points and nine and a half rebounds per game. Also, if that announcer sounds familiar, that's because it's my dad, Bob Costas. Yes, the Olympic announcing sports casting legend. He went on to better things. I woke up this morning with my left eye swollen shut and just about as red as the old Soviet flag. The other thing the spirits are known for is the dopest outfits this side of ever. Their unis were burnt orange, silver, black, and white. They featured their namesake plane spelling out the team name as a vapor trail in groovy 70s font. Spirits dressed in the orange uniforms with the silver trim. Off the court, they were killing it too. Their wide-collared orange shooting shirts with white accent piping and white bell-bottom pants with a diagonal orange stripe near the cuff were immaculate and also 100% polyester. Everything in that damn building was polyester. This was the kingdom of polyester and the spirit were the knights of polyester. There's a picture of the team posing in front of the spirit of St. Louis Plain and I highly recommend you Google it. I went as the photo for Halloween last year. On the court, the spirits were pretty all right. In their first season, they squeaked into the playoffs and knocked off Dr. J's defending ABA champion New York Nets before falling in the finals to the Kentucky Colonels, who unfortunately didn't license the rights to Colonel Sanders for their logo. Spirits with a chance to add to a two-point lead as Driscoll jumps and misses. Rebound, goo in the lane. Goes up with it. He's got it again. Their second year, the Spirits disappointed, despite having Malone, Barnes, Caldwell Jones, Ron Boone, and ML Carr, who would all go on to have NBA careers. In fact, they missed the playoffs entirely. The NBA had seen enough. As the Silnas predicted, the NBA and ABA merged in 1976, but the NBA didn't absorb all six of the solvent ABA squads. They only made room for the Denver Nuggets, New York Nets, San Antonio Spurs, and Indiana Pacers. But the Spirits and Colonels weren't going home empty-handed. Tell them what they've won! That's right, Jamel, the Kentucky Colonels are leaving basketball with a crisp 3.3 million, and the Spirits are getting... Wait, hold up. Here is where it happens. The best deal in history. The Silna siblings didn't take a lump sum like the Colonels. They went full galaxy brain and asked for future television money from the teams that joined the NBA. A one-seventh share from each franchise. In perpetuity. And they got it. The rest is history. The NBA became big time. TV deals blew up. The league kept adding new teams. And the Silna brothers kept getting Paid. The New York Times reports the deal's value at more than two and a half billion dollars per year. The spirits of St. Louis earned their owners 300 million in TV revenue in nearly 40 years after folding until the NBA bought out most of their share in 2014 for a lump sum of 500 million. And to this day, they received some income from the Nets, Nuggets, 
Pacers and Spurs. That's nearly a billion dollars to not play basketball. Now that's fuck you money. It'll never be enough to bring back polyester. Tell him I said that. Thanks for listening to NBA Storytime. I'm your host, co-writer, and stretch three on the floor, Jamel Johnson. Harry Swartout is our producer, co-writer, and a man heavily invested in rec specs. Daniel Hardigan is our script editor and the guy who mops up after people who fall down under the basket. Haley O'Shaughnessy is our consulting producer and leading the league in bench points. Kevin Shepard is our production coordinator and the only one who makes sure we all get on the team bus on time. John Yales and Peter Moses are our executive producers, and they also insisted on calling their own fouls. Real good to you guys. NBA Storytime is a Blue Wire podcast. Catch you next time.